Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 267. This is Russ, and joining with me are Rich and Jim. Yo. Hey, this episode brought to you by Starcourt Mall. <laughs> Starcourt Mall, we're really not a cover for a Russian un- uh, underground observation uh, area. We're trying to break into another dimension. Honest. We're the zombiest mall of all. <laughs> Took my joke. I just I just watched Stranger. <laughs> we just had to watch Stranger Things 3, and then I turn on Fear of the Walking Dead. I'm like, all right, more malls. More <laughs> malls, just what we, just what we need. No, I guess I'll have to go watch Dawn of the Dead now to like you know, make it complete. Yeah, uh, I think Daryl Taylor may join us a little late. We'll, we'll we shall see. Um, last week we didn't think he was coming, and then he, he shocked us. I would say in the middle, but we had such a big preamble, he actually joined us right when we got started. True. <laughs> um, so yeah, so a little bit of news this week. One of the things I want to uh, Rich reminded me of. I wanted to talk about. It's it's not even the a big deal, but I, it's kind of um, making the rounds. Uh, but it looks like the FCC. It was the FCC, right? The FCC. They've um, they find uh, several uh, media outlets, AMC being one specifically, the The Walking Dead, for its use of uh, the emergency broadcast tone uh, in its in its broadcasts, um, and uh, so it's. It's uh, I guess Kimmel was the, the Kimmel's the one that's making the most headlines, but it's like Kimmel and The Walking Dead, um, and it looks like it was like a six hundred thousand dollar penalty across all the infractions, not just The Walking Dead, but across all the infractions. Um, and I, my guess, so people are like, well, where where was it used? My guess was it probably was Fear Season One, right? Like, it, no, it be- they just had the big klaxon alarm go off when the nuclear plant exploded. But but that but no not the, but no this wasn't that this is the eh, eh, this is the broadcast of the emergency alert system this wasn't oh the, the horn no I would have had to have been season one then yeah can you can you do me a favor Rich yeah nuke Lee er he, he goes no. to the he nuke goes to the George I, I say it the Bush uh huh it is Bush. Bush League, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and also, didn't they get fined for like damages they left and in the town, one of the cities or something? For yeah, the- we talked about that. Yeah, that was yeah, okay. in Austin when they filmed uh, on the top of the what they what was the hospital or whatever. Yeah, yeah. there was. And they got Jimmy Kimmel for the same thing too, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. He was. The, I think he got the largest. It was. Jimmy Kimmel, it was Walking Dead, and it was Animal Planet's Lone Star Law, which is a favorite of my wife. She likes that show. Um, and oh. th- that, I think, was the probably the least egregious because 
what it was is it was for Lone Star Law, they were covering uh, Hurricane Harvey. And so what it was was they were showing law enforcement and in the background there was a TV that the emergency alert system was going off while they were film, you know, filming this thing and it just happened – the audio happened to come through. Um, 395,000 of it was Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah. So over half was, was Kimmel. Um, AMC to pay 104,000. Discovery 68,000. That's all that's listed here. Yeah. So I get it. I mean, it's definitely one of those things. If, if it's, if they don't, it's almost like copyright, right? If you don't lock it down, then people just get away with it. And then before too long, people assume when they hear that noise, it's either somebody has their, you know, is watching a TV show or it just, it, it, uh, lessens the impact of that, of that sound. So I totally, I get it. Um, but it's just funny how, you know, just something in, you would think it would be innocuous is, is cause a, a fine. It says here, by the way, this is from the Hollywood Reporter, but it says here, according to the FCC filing, ABC says it was a misunderstanding that the use of the tone was permissible, which I would have thought, I wouldn't have thought that either, you know, but of course it's not my job to think that. Yep. Yeah. They just don't want people to be confused when there's a, when there's a real emergency, which I get. The agency says these rules aim to protect the integrity of the alert system by helping to avoid confusion when the tones are used, alert fatigue among listeners, and false activation of the EAS by the operative data elements contained in the alert tones. So, Yeah, pretty much what Russ said. Let's get to the real news. Ride, <laughs> Ride, Ride with Norman Reedus has been renewed for season four, everybody. <gasps> I've on. never watched a single episode of that. <laughs> Now, if you to, want to have an emergency alert, now there you go. Okay, so that's what you want to alert. To the shock of no one, <laughs> network that gives big, huge money deal to to its its biggest star gets its show renewed. Okay, so we're going to pay you to drive around the country on your motorcycle and visit cool places and see cool things and do cool stuff. But he has to cool cover his on. own gas. He has to pay for his own gas. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. wow. I don't know. <laughs> he lost. You say he lost out on that deal. So yeah. So there's that, and then what was it? There was one more bit of news, Jim. You brought up right. Uh, uh, Christian Serratos, who plays Rosita, yes, on The Walking Dead, is uh, been cast to play uh, Selena uh, Quintanilla, uh, who you know the famous uh, um, singing star uh, in a new Netflix series based on the singer's life. Uh, Interesting. So Which speculation is, begins. Is she off the show? Or is she not off the show? Well, like yeah. I was saying before we started, you know, Netflix is an 810 or whatever episode thing. It's probably something that she could film in between. But, I mean, it's The Walking Dead. Who knows? The uh, premiere and an episode count have not yet been determined. Uh, so they haven't uh, said one way or the other whether the production schedule will overlap The Walking Dead. Uh, although they said if they do it, go into production on the schedule they are now, that they will overlap, and her days on Walking Dead could be numbered. So. Hmm. Well, here's my other question, though, is how much, I guess we did a little bit last year. I mean, she's been pretty underused in the last few seasons. Well, yeah, but they're setting that whole uh, love quadrangle up with her and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and Eugene and all that, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine like she had, like it took that much to film her scenes for the whole last season. Like she was, 
kind of relegated to to spotlighting in a couple episodes, and that was about it. So we shall see. But yeah, I think I think again, it's all it's probably and probably where they film the show too, right? Like, I mean, if they film it in Atlanta, then or or close by, then you know maybe it makes it more feasible, but. I can't see it being more than an eight episode series. And is it? It didn't say ongoing, right? It's a limited. I would imagine. Yeah, they August said they haven't determined how how long it's going to be, but yeah, because I mean the movie covered a lot. So, and I mean obviously you can dive deeper, but I couldn't see more than six or eight episodes. Hard to say. Yeah, who knows? I guess we'll find out. Yep. That's it for news. Not a lot of news, um, but that that's okay. Um, so let's get into it. Season 5, episode 10, 210 words per minute. Holy crap, that's a good typing speed. Yes, except they're not talking about typing speed. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, interesting title for an episode. Um, so the ep- this episode starts, and it's somebody named Chuck who is going over the radio and he's heard what the group is doing. He's heard what they said. And he wants, he was bit and he wants somebody to come kill him. <laughs> um, he wasn't radioing that there was a new flavor available from Scoops Ahoy in the food court. He was not. He was not. That would have been more preferable. Yeah. Maybe Daniel would have come too. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the premise of the. Of of the episode, and uh, so we see it's mainly a Dwight Morgan Grace episode, a little bit of Daniel thrown in, um, but Dwight Morgan and Grace arrive at the mall, and uh, uh, they're trying to find where where Chuck might be if he's still alive. He's wearing a wet, a red uh, jacket, so they could find him. Um, and Grace finds an iPod with a note with her name on it, left for her. Uh, so again, this guy—it's like it's—it's—it's it's, it's funny because it's almost like um, I kind of relate it in a way to like these people are almost like podcast famous, right? Like it's like somebody's out there listening and knows like the personalities and is like, "Oh, hey, I left this for you," even though they've never like spoken in person or talked to each other or even know each other, right? Um, and we've we've I think we've we've all been kind of on the giving and the receiving end of 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 that side of the equation. Yeah, uh, whoever keeps. Show. Whoever keeps sending me the live octopi, please stop. I've got eight now. What? I don't, I don't have any more room for them. send you the dead ones? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, send me dead ones instead. Gotcha. Just think I feed those <clears throat> to the chickens. Uh, <clears throat> I like that Grace calls... Uh, she keeps call- She grabs a bag of what she calls candy beansies, uh, which I thought was funny. We find out later that it was her... Was her mother called them? Uh, it was the name that her mother gave to jelly beans. <laughs> um, Here's the thing, and this was because, and I, I'm, it's not nothing to really get hung up on, but I'm just like, she's Grace is what, maybe 28 to 32 years old, something like that. Nobody ever corrected her. Nobody ever said what. I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird to me. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. Like growing up, I, my family we always called Starburst Chewies because my grandmother called them Chewies. So uh, I get it. Uh, so they're kind of surveying the, getting a lay of the land from the from the upper floor, and uh, Grace passes out. Um, 
which again we're kind of it's the is she is she not uh, sick is she you know she the radiation is affecting her or is it not and that becomes kind of the central thing of of this episode is her desire for much of it to to find to get a definitive answer like does is she sick or is she not sick and um and as the episode goes on we'll we'll explore that um i I thought the opening graphic was cool it was the outside you know like we've seen uh but Mm -hmm. it has the it had the lit up merry-go-round in the on the in the side and the music even so as as the as the theme kind of uh played down on the open, you could hear the merry-go-round music in the in the background. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Oh yeah, I just kept looking for Pennywise. <laughs> uh, so then after after the break, we come back and Daniel rolls up to the rest stop with the rest of the the group in tow. He's kind of got his own little convoy going, and uh, of course he sees all the bullets on the ground from when Logan's crew shot up the. Uh, the motorcycle and so he knows that that there's trouble and that logan's people are either um he also knows they're listening yes when he radios daniel i mean he knows and at first when i when he's like why would he do that he saw that you know he knows they're probably within radio range why would he give them the route he was taking but it was to like lure them away yeah yeah we find that from dwight yeah yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It would end up being a, a smart move rather than what I originally watching the episode thought was a bonehead move. You know? Yeah, but it was cool because Daniel plays that song over the radio, and that's like a signal to Dwight, like, "Uh oh, something, something's going down." Right. Um, I meant to and, look it up and didn't. Was that was that Lead Belly that he was playing? I don't know. I don't know. It okay. sounded like it was very good. So, so Dwight goes back in the mall and let. To let Grace and Morgan know that, you know, that Daniel's trying to give them a signal that their time might be short. You know, that if if they were monitoring earlier communications, if they heard basically if they heard Chuck on the radio with his plea that the rest of them might be be coming as well. And so but this mall is basically untouched. You know, there's still stuff everywhere. And so they want to try and stock up as much as they can because there's so many there's so much stuff there. So. Uh, Wouldn't it make had, sense to clean that place out? And I don't know. To me, that's like a great place to set up camp, at least for a while. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I mean, if they're running out helping people and stuff, man, to bring them back there. I mean, every all the stuff that they have there. I don't know. It just to me, it just seems like a great place to set up camp. It's probably um, tough though because you'd have to keep the generators going. You'd have to keep the electricity because it's closed off. Not a well, lot of you, light. You you could disconnect a lot of the non-essential stuff though, you know, and just have. Right, but you know, first, of, I don't know. first of all, I'd like to refer you to a movie from 1978 called Dawn of the Dead. Yes, where a certain group of people thought much the same as you do. Uh, second of all, think of all the doors, entryways, and other yeah. ways. A lot thing. of egress and ingress. Yeah, a lot of ways to get in and out of a mall. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day because I went to a theme park with my kids, and I think a theme park would be a great place to hold out to the zombie apocalypse. Just because for it worked for uh, Woody Harrelson exactly. Yeah. And I was there. I was, yeah. I was, it was so funny because I guess I'm on this podcast or whatever. I'm at the theme park with my kids. I'm thinking. You know what? <laughs> this is make a great place. There's only like one or two ways in and out of here. You know, you block those off. 
and what you got to pay for parking at most of those places, a lot of zombies aren't going to come. They don't yeah, have that kind of money. Right. Oh, so, totally. Plenty of places to get a get a bird's eye view of what's going on. You know, to get on top of one of those rides. Right, right. And the um, lemon ices, Russ. The but I, but I just I love that this was in a mall and the zombie apocalypse. I mean, I mean, I've said it on the show before. Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like the first horror movie I watched when I was too young to watch horror movies. If you know what I mean. Sure. And uh, made a big impression on me. So seeing this, I'm like, okay, zombies in a mall. And every little thing, I'm looking around, like, looking for a riff on the movie. I'm like, oh, is that from the Yeah, but it ended, I really like the, well, we'll get to it, the whole um, Morgan and Grace dynamic. Really quick to, to challenge your comment, though, is those people in that movie in 1978 hadn't had five years of the zombie apocalypse under their belt either, or however mm-hmm. long it's been. You know, it's a fair I'm point. just saying. It's the zombiest mall of all. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so he, so Morgan asked Dwight to, hey, go back, go get Daniel, get a truck, get it over here. Let's get this thing loaded up and let's get the hell out of here. Um, and that you know him and him and Grace would stay behind because Grace is still kind of maybe a little unsteady, um, but but they would still be able to kind of go and and gather up a bunch of stuff. I really um, like the dialogue and the conversation with Dwight and Morgan here, where Dwight's talking about you know I I know what it's like to be on the side of taking people's stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. They have and, a very frank conversation about what it, what essentially is trying to be better people uh, yeah. and to try and the, the greater good, right? Like, yes, right. they technically took Logan's fuel, but I think the I think the point they're trying to make is, yeah, those people were 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 asses, and so we're going to take that fuel and we're going to help way more people because they were just going to take that fuel and hoard it for themselves and not share it with anybody. And do whatever, and and we're out here making sure people have food and water and shelter. And this distribution of wealth is tricky business. It is. I'm it just is. saying, we're not doing careful. We're doing right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so that Morgan comes back in. Grace is kind of at the top of the escalators, and it looked like she was. Uh, she's contemplating going down with all the walkers. And at first, I thought maybe she was going to try and kill herself <laughs> um, because she thought she was sick. Yeah. I didn't and, think that. I thought she was going to go try to rescue or do whatever, kill the red-coated zombie, but I thought she was about to pass out right before Morgan showed up. She looked uh, like no. she was literally when she started to take a step onto the escalator, her face looked like it just went flush and her eyes were closing. I thought she was about to pass out. Yeah. Well, it turns out that what she wanted to do was go down and go to the clinic, try and get the generator going so she can see what equipment they have because they would probably at, at, at worst have an x-ray machine, at best have some sort of ultrasound to where she can kind of see if she's got uh, – if she's if it turns out she does have cancer um, and that she, she, would, she wants to know. So, you know, yes, they're going to help, help Chuck, but she also wants, wants to know and – so I think at that point Morgan's kind of on on board. Um, as Jim mentioned earlier, before Dwight headed out, he was very deliberate on the radio with telling where he was going and what he was doing. Um, so of course he drives along, he stops, gets out to pee, and gets knocked on the head um, by one of Logan's men. And uh, and 
pass he knocks him out cold. Uh, we cut back to the mall. And uh, I thought this was really cool. Like, Morgan gets one of those RC cars, and they tie a bunch of, like, uh, little spoon shovel things on there to go across the floor and make a ton of noise between the car lighting up and making noise and the thing dragging across the ground. It, and he can move it away from him. And it works. Like, he, he's able to lead the walkers away from them so they can get over to, uh, they can get over to, the, to the clinic uh, and of course, it it only goes so far. One of the walkers trips over it and steps on it. Morgan realizes, okay, we're probably in trouble now, and he can't find Grace. He goes looking around for Grace, and of course, she's she's gone. Well, it turns out she saw somebody in a red jacket and went to go take care of it. And when she finally catches up to him, it turns out this guy's been he's pretty ripe. He's been dead for quite some time. She kills him anyway, and then they kind of get surrounded so watch where you're walking lady just <laughs> you're being sneaky and careful look at the ground in front of you yeah <laughs> uh so they're able to to escape and uh and basically hold up in a gnc so they're yep. able to to just kind of spend spend the night in this gnc um we cut back to dwight and uh, it's funny because so Lo, the Lo, the dude that's there with Logan. Did you guys get his name? I didn't get his name. They, I never got his name, and I didn't see anything in the credits, so I just refer to him as Duck Dynasty. Nice. <laughs> I called him. I in my notes. I got, I, got, I have Logan's dude. Yeah. Um, I call in my notes. I call him Duck Dynasty. At one point, I call him Larry the Cable Guy. At another point, I call him Red Green. So yeah, you get it. Yep. Um, but so he opens up the truck, the, the truck, Dwight's in the back of the truck. Um, and then he tells him, you know, he's like, who, who, who like, I got your gun. Like, why would you walk around with an unloaded gun? Cause that's another thing they show pretty deliberately after he tells them where, where he's going is he unloads that gun. Like he even takes the, the shell, um, the, the bullet out of the, out of the weapon, uh, in the chamber and puts it all up. And and Dwight and Logan's guy tells him, "Oh, I've 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 reloaded it." And and Dwight says, "I you know I, I used to be like you." And he's like, the, "The one thing you have to ask yourself is, am I an?" <laughs> and they <laughs> no 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 no. He said, "Are you an asshole because of Armageddon, oh. or are you are you an asshole, or were you an asshole then?" Yes, <laughs> yes. Now, yes. And his reply was, "I've always been an asshole, according to my mama." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I take a few notes too here and there. I, yes, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, anyway, I thought that was a great exchange between the two of them. Uh, I really like the fact that I, I really like this Dwight. Like, I really like the fact that he's he's trying to kind of fit in with a group and make amends and find his place. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I like the way that that Austin Emilio, like he delivered. I, I, I like what he's doing with the character. Uh, I, I think I think this is a good addition to the show. I think bringing him in was was a good move. This episode I, made me appreciate his character the most. Yeah, that out of any episode that he's been in in this show or the prior one. And I think in this ensemble, it gives him more of a chance to like explore the character a little bit. Yeah. Yes. And with yes. the, I mean, the motivation here, you know, to help other people. I mean, you see, looking at his past, why that would appeal to him. Yes. 
And then he, he tells him, he's like, look, you can beat me. You can do whatever you want to me. He's like, as you can tell, I've, I've had some pretty bad stuff done to me in my past. I'm not going to tell you where the fuel is. He's like, so, you know, you can do what you want. And so, of course, he knocks him out again. Um, so then we cut back to Grace and, and Morgan in the, in the GNC or whatever makeshift nutrition store they're at. Uh, and they kind of have this bonding over protein bars and protein drinks, um, which they're able to to make so, for themselves. This so, was another. Oh, go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, after a few hints before, this is when we could see the ship. Yes, on the horizon, as <laughs> yes. it were. Yeah, as the youth say. But I mean, this was another of my thoughts behind the mall being a great place is, I mean, look at all just the protein powder that were on those shelves. I mean, that's a lot that can help sustain people when they're low on food or whatnot, you know? So good yep. stuff. Yep. Um, but they start having a conversation, you know, Grace says basically she's just not good with people. She tends to screw things up. Uh, Morgan she even asks about her, his son and Morgan and again, Lenny James just killing it where he has that. It's almost like he's reverting. Like as soon as she brings up his son and Morgan realizes when he had the RC car and just kind of had this content look on his face with what he was doing and she picked up on that. And then she asks if, you know, that was something he did with his son. It's almost like he goes back into like clear mode. Like his brain is like short circuiting. Yeah. Um because it's it's still very uncomfortable. He doesn't like talking about it, um, and he had a real real hard time kind of getting back on track after that. It was almost like a reaction somebody would have to physical pain. Yes, the yes. way he, the way he acted it. I mean, it was more than just you know sad memories. It was like yeah. so if someone had like sucker punched him or something. I mean, yeah, it was that kind of reaction. I really, I mean, Lady James is always killing it, but you know, this was a great scene, of course, for him. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to uh, Dwight and Logan's guy, and he, he comes in again, and, oh, he found a bunch of Dwight's stuff, including the letters that Sherry was leaving for him that uh, she hoped he would find. Um, and he finds one and kind of mocks him over it and then lights it on fire, but starts to burn it. And, of course, that's kind of setting Dwight off. Um, and so... At that point, like a walker's coming up, he's able to get distracted. The guy turns around, shoots the walker. Dwight's able to use that as an opportunity to kind of get the upper hand and snatches his gun. Yeah, no. wax, wax him, snacks, snatches the gun, and then uh, and is able to. Now, I would I would like to start a new segment of the show. Now, I realize we're you know, pretty deep into our run, but I would like to uh, start a new segment called Plot Convenient Walker. Yes, or. <laughs> PCW, I guess we'll call it. And this is my PCW of the episode because just as he was uh, about to lose it, this is when the walker comes in, just the right moment to get the yes. drop on him, you know. Um, just very, very convenient. Good job, writers. Well, it's just like Chekhov's walkers a few episodes ago with right. Alicia and the tree. Clock yeah. convenient walkers. It's something we should have been looking at all along. True. And at some point, I think some of these people are going to start having like CTE because. Man, people get knocked out all the time. Um, so we cut back to so cut back to Grace and Morgan. They realize they need to get out of this this GNC. They make their way. They need to get to the generator. So they they're able to get some gas. Um, 
to get some fuel. They they they're kind of in the. I guess this is like the part of the mall where the employees kind of come in and out of the store. It's like that that hallway that's all you know that runs behind uh, behind the stores uh, in a mall. See Brody, you see, you see Brody back here, you know, putting an ice pack on his eye, and uh, yes. yeah, or Dustin so, sneaking through it to get into the theater to watch, uh, um, right? You know, the dead, or no, uh, not the dead. It was Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Yep. Um, so yeah, so they 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 get in there. They see they find the generator. Um, before they get to the generator, they see there's some walkers blocking their way. They've got their like coal miner lights on, and Morgan says, "Turn your light off." And he turns his light off. And Grace is like, "Wait a minute, what are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna do?" And she's he he's he he's thinking in the dark. He can just like use his ninja skills and take them all out. Well, so Grace turns her light off. Morgan goes after it. You hear kind of rustling and you know you know, noises and everything else. And then it's clear that Morgan's in trouble. So Grace comes up, um, and is able to kind of save the day. And again, I think it kind of humbled Morgan a little bit. I think it helped kind of, uh, try and bond the two of them that he realized that, that he wasn't right. That she, you know, she did the right thing by, by coming to help him. Um, it was, it was just like a nice little moment, uh, there when, when she kind of comes to him and gets him out of his jam. Also, it's kind of a weird shout out to the um, video game Dead Rising, because like the very first quest in that game is to go down and turn the generator on to the mall. Nice. So, and it takes place in a mall full of zombies. So, yes, I couldn't help but keep thinking of the um, omelet. Can't remember the comedian's name. He's dead now, but the guy who he talks about. It's not the escalator is not broken. It is temporarily stairs. Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I just kept thinking of that every time during this whole scene, and I'm like, <laughs> I, think, I think of that every time somebody tries to hand me a receipt for something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why would I need a receipt for a donut? <laughs> I have the donut. As far as I'm concerned, the transaction is complete. <laughs> <laughs> so they they finally get to the generator. They they're starting to gas it up. And Morgan starts to open up to her about Dwayne. Like, I think he realizes his reaction was maybe a, a little uncalled for. Grace is just trying to help. And so he does open up to, to her about Dwayne and their past and, you know, how he feels and everything else. And so that was, again, kind of a nice moment um, between the two of them that he, he shared with her. Uh, they get the generator on. They hightail it over to the clinic, which has the, the gate in front of it. The gate's locked. They try and force it. They're able to kind of yank on it. And, of course, because they force the gate open and the power's on, an alarm goes off. And the FCC finds them. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so, of course, once the alarm goes off, then they start getting swarmed. They're kind of left with no choice but to go up the escalator. Uh, and then a little bit of hijinks ensue where because the escalator is actually moving, it's not stairs, Um that the, they're having to do something. The cutoff switch doesn't work. Grace is able to somehow she shuts off the breaker switch and it, it causes the thing to go in reverse, but you know, okay. <laughs> um, and so they're kind of, at this point, they're just kind of stuck on the, on the second floor. Uh, they end up making their way to like, what looks like a, like a security office, a control room, whatever you want to call it. Um, and there's a bunch of monitors. There's a bunch of keys. 
and Grace finds the key to the uh, to the clinic, so they can actually you know op- properly open the gate and not trigger the alarm or shut the alarm off. Uh, and they're looking around, and on the camera, on the there's a camera showing the roof, and there's a man up there with a red jacket just sitting against the against the wall. So they found they found Chuck. So now, instead of their their primary mission at this point being to get to the clinic, now their mission is to go do what they came for in the first place, which is get to Chuck. Um, we cut back to Dwight and uh, Logan's little henchman, and he explains to to him the reason that he unloaded the gun and didn't have it loaded on him was he didn't want him to be his old self like he didn't want the temptation he he was worried that when he got into the situation that he knew he was going to get into if he had a loaded gun he might be tempted to just blow him away instead of trying to again do do the right thing and so uh he he kind of explains it that way um and he tells him, you know, again, it's kind of this, who do you want to be? He's like, you know, I'm going to let you go and you're going to walk out of these woods and, you, you know, you've got two choices. You can, you know, you can go back to your people and tell them exactly, you know, where you found me and, you know, what what's going on. Or you can, you can do the, do the right thing. And um, so he, Dwight cuts him loose and, and lets him go. And he, he just kind of walks off. We cut back to Grace and Morgan, uh, and they go to Chuck and they have a nice little, they kind of give him his last moment. You know, they, they realize he's in pretty bad shape. He doesn't have long left. He was hoping to come up on the roof and watch the stars one last time. And Grace finds one of those like things you put in a kid's room, like a portable, almost like a portable planetarium kind of thing. It's yeah. like on a, on a turtle or whatever. Yeah. Um, my kid, my kids have one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my grandkids both had them. Yeah. Um, so she sets that up, turns it on. There's a little overhang; it kind of lights up so he can see the stars before he um, before he dies. And uh, they bring him down the next day, and they bury him out in the in the court. I guess in the courtyard of the uh, outside of the mall, and put the little turtle thing on there, and have a nice little little send off for him. Uh, and then Grace tells Morgan she changed her mind. She doesn't want to know if she's sick. She doesn't want to find out that she wants to live each day and and take it as it comes and and not basically find out that she's sick or dying and then shut down and and not want to live that she's she's just going to take it you know kind of take it one day at a time kind of thing. Which, Yo, this, Yolo baby, Yolo. Exactly. <laughs> Which this is Morgan so he wouldn't respond like this but I'm thinking if I were him <laughs> I would have been like do you know do you rem- what we just went through to try to get that clinic? <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I mean, it makes it's it was a good moment too. So yeah. So then, of course, then the, this this is one of my favorite movies of the, or favorite moments of the whole episodes. So Daniel shows up with Dwight and the rest of the crew. They're with the trucks. They're ready to get all the stuff. And Daniel gets out and he goes, "Do they happen to have a Cinnabon?" You forgot <laughs> like, to mention that they rode the merry-go-round before this. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yep. they did ride the merry-go-round. And again, another bonding moment for the two of them. Because that was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- thank you. I, I, I don't know how I missed yeah. that in my notes. But yes, they, they did. After they kind of clear out the walkers, uh, they they ride this merry-go-round. At first, it's just Grace. And she's like, are you, you're not going to get on this merry-go-round? And he's like, no, I am not. <laughs> and 
and uh, it was a very Morgan response. And she's able to convince him to to come up there. And again, they're kind of having this great moment, you know, between the two of them. And I think, yeah. I think even more so, Grace is feeling like maybe she's finally found somebody because she's made a point of saying, you know, she never really had anybody before. She was, you know, she was really good at basically being horrible at relationships and and not and, not doing too well with that. And that's what really confounds me about the decision he makes at the end of the episode. But please, yeah. continue. Yes, yes, I'm yes. Um, so Daniel asks about the Cinnabon. They tell him no. And then what does he say? It's like Sinfully. Sin City. Sin City, yes. And, and then, then the, uh, the last one was Bun something? Bun, yeah, yeah, something Bun. Yeah. yeah. See, like, now his priorities are in the right place as far as I'm concerned. But also I want to know, is there a corn dog on a stick? Is there a Wetzel's pretzels? Is there, a, you know, a, a famous cookie stand? All of that stuff, you know, so. Yeah. It's important I, I just, things to know. Yeah, I, and just the way that Ruben Blades delivered it, I just thought it was really funny. Like he he, he he's a he's a cinnabon Cinem, uh, connoisseur. Like he knows he knows all the joints. He is um, only briefly in the episode, but this brief whole interchange in this scene is, is some of the best part of the episode, and it's him because yeah. that look on his face when Dwight is saying, "Oh, I let him go." Yeah, yes. He's behind him going, you can just read in his eyes him going, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) And he explains to Morgan. It's like, yeah, you know, we're trying to be better. You know, we're trying to to do the right thing. Uh, And then we, you know, it's kind of this little montage-y kind of sequence. So Daniel, uh, Dwight actually lets Daniel give him a shave and a haircut. And again, another cool moment. You know, he kind of trims up his hair. He shaves the the beard and mustache. And then Dwight kind of looks in the mirror and he's, he kind of likes what he sees. So again, it's like a lot of, um, a lot of healing going on in this. And well, we thought going on in this episode but, until we get to, to the end, but now he's in debt to Daniel for two bits. It, it, true. So right when they get outside and they're all kind of ready to, to kind of move on where they found, what, what did they say? They found a place that, uh, was it a camp? Oh, it was a, a, a ranch. Um, which again kind of ties back to Grace's story. <clears throat> they found a ranch close by that would be good for them to set up uh, set up at. And so then Morgan says, "Well, he changes his mind. He's going to go." Did he say he was going to go help Al? He's going to go going to go after Al. Okay, that's what I thought. He said I, I, Al's out there by herself or something, and yes. she needs backup. Yeah, and. And then, like, Grace is, like, completely heartbroken. Like They both are. They're both shedding tears as he drives off. But why? Yes, he, why? Why? Exactly. Why is he doing it? Why? I, I think the because only thing Morgan. I can... Well, the only thing I can think of is, I think Morgan... Again, he's admitted he still hasn't gotten over his wife and his son. Okay. And I think the way I took it was, if he starts a relationship with Grace or starts getting closer to grace that it's almost like he feels like he's betraying his wife. Like he, they make a, well, I don't he know if already feels that way though. Cause remember back in the tunnels, he says to her when he's talking about Dwayne, I've always been kind of a serious guy except with him. And right. then he's smiling when Daniel finds him. Um, he also, uh, that was the trigger. Yeah. But um, then he's having a good time with her on the merry-go-round and all of that. And all of that combined, I think, just 
caught up to him in the end, guilting him into exactly what you're talking about. Of he cannot let go of Jenny and uh, Dwayne when he's driving off. They and I don't know if it was intentional, but to me, like they made a point of showing his hand on the steering wheel. He still has that wedding ring on, and and then yep. he starts to he starts to kind of shed some tears. So he he kind of played tough guy to her. But obviously that he he felt it too. Uh, I don't know. It was just, it was just heartbreaking uh, for that for that to happen. But the, the, the I took out of it is he just found himself getting too comfortable, and be, it was almost like guilt. Like he feels guilty right. now for, for for trying to be happy after what happened. I mean, how much? I mean, well, I mean, he is kind of setting himself up for more heartbreak exactly. if he gets with her because I mean she's dying of radiation poisoning, right? Right. Well, I mean, um, think about it. If he thinks back to clear, I mean, how far it dark and down he went over the loss of uh, Jenny and, and, and Dwayne. If he got this close to her, then it'd be like what you're talking about, Jim. And he could end up going back down that dark path of clear again. And he wants to avoid that. And yeah. Or it could be a little bit of both that and just the fact that he feels the guilt, uh, you know, he's not over his wife. Tough stuff. But that's how we leave the episode with him driving off on his own. So that's oh, and the, the, the other interesting thing is so the whole thing is this 210 words per minute refers to her listening to a tale of two cities. And it's almost like that's how she can get through it by listening to it at a faster pace. Cause they make a point of like Morgan even says like, I, I never could get through it. And she's like, Oh, well I'm, I'm listening to it at fast speed, 210 words per minute. So I can, I can get through it. And then at the end, she, she switches it. She switches it to be normal speed. Again, you kind of her, I'm just going to live for today and learn to slow down and enjoy life. And nope. Again, I think part of that at that point she thought was going to be with Morgan. So, so that is 210 words per minute. Sweet. So before we get into our Buster ratings, uh, we'll do a quick message from our sponsor, DCBService.com. Uh, it is the end of August. Solicits are coming due uh, as, you, as you listen to this podcast. I will give a, a message to, to folks if anyone is reading the uh, Hickman revamp of the X-Men titles – um, I did not pre-order these, and they have been almost impossible to find at comic shops because they're selling out left and right and going for crazy prices on eBay. Really? Um, huh. Yeah. And I, th- I think retailers totally missed on the demand. So if you're, if you're interested in it, if you're finding it difficult to find them, then I suggest you go and fill out an order form at dcbservice.com and order them ahead of time so that you don't have to worry that the comic shop is going to sell out because you've ordered it in advance. Um, and check those out. Interesting story. I'm a longtime X-Men fan. Jury's still out on, on where this is going, but it's definitely piquing my curiosity to keep me reading week to week. Um, did they already release? Release what? Yeah. X-Men. Yeah. They're on like, oh. issue, issue yeah, what? this is like the, th- third this is the issue, fifth yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, two, two issues I ordered. I ordered some variant of number one in my August order. Yeah, that hasn't closed yet. So okay. two, two, yeah, two issues of House of X and three issues of Powers of X have come out. 
Anyway, if you're not a comic book nerd like Russ, they also have a bunch of other cool stuff at DCBService.com. <laughs> they do. They have, oh, totally. They have clothing, they have collectibles, action figures, statues, um, gaming supplies. If you're into the D&D like yours truly. I'm looking right now at this uh, child's inmate hoodie, or, or Arkham Asylum inmate hoodie for a child. Uh, so I might get that for my son for Christmas because uh, he is a little crazy person. And it is 25% off, only 15 bucks. Um, again, back to school is going on right now. You know, you want to fit yourself out with some cool geekly clothing, you can get that order from DCB Service. And I'll be on the way. Also, guys, I know I always say this every year, but I'm the strange anomaly. I'm the dude who shops early for Christmas. I know. I know. Usually, dudes don't do that ahead of time. But I always do. And I'm always out for a good deal. And that's why I love DCB Service so much, because I have a lot of geeky friends, and they have a lot of great geeky stuff there and great, great prices, 25 35 up to 50% off on some stuff. Um, I'm definitely, one of the things I'm looking at, this bundle of 100-page giant size comics uh, that they're selling 50% off. These were limited edition, only available at Walmart up until now, and they're going to be bundling them all together. Uh, cover price would be 50 bones, but nope, 2490 You get them from DCB service. So check it out. Also check out their uh, sister site, InStockJades.com, and we thank them for their continued support. Indeed. Thank you, sir. So our Buster ratings. Uh, Rich, why don't you go first? All right. Um, well, I really like this episode. Um, everything from the the... The Morgan and Grace bonding thing, although was disappointed a little bit with how it ended, but I think hopefully that'll pay off at some point. Um, uh, I, I the the whole trip to the mall thing was great. Uh, I mean, when Steve, Dustin, and Robin—I mean, sorry—Morgan, Dwight, and Grace get there, and I mean, just the herd of zombies and the lower part. I mean, it was like Jim was referring to the video games and stuff, you know, that it made me think of a very video game type setting. Um, uh, a lot of homage to, to, um, the original dead in the mall. And, uh, I don't know, just everything from what was happening in the mall with the different, uh, like the GNC store. And then, um, Morgan finding that RC car and doing that, just a lot of little good sequences and scenes just all throughout. And then I just, to me, Daniel stole the show at the end. I really loved him at the very end. Um, but uh, very, very good episode. Um, the Dwight stuff, uh, there was, uh, I like how, you know, I mean, he was telling uh, Elmer how, you know, he was given a second chance by someone, and now he's going to pay it forward. I mean, just seeing that, you know, a lot of that is the Morgan effect on him and everything. And seeing their relationship build up, you know, when Morgan was talking to him about trust and saying, we're just now really getting to know each other, but I trust you. And all of that. So just a lot of really good in this episode. So I, I give it 4.25 out of 5. Toby's. Nice. Jim? I give it a 4.5. Uh, I'm pretty much a sucker for a zombie story in a mall. So you got me there, and I'm digging it. Uh, 0.5 off the score of 5.0 for uh, Morgan's bad decision at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so 4.5 for me. 
Uh, I'll I'll give it a solid four zero. I, I I thought this was just a a good episode. Uh, you know nothing uh, n- nothing really to pick at it. I I don't think it was over the top extraordinary, but I I really enjoyed it. I like what uh, uh, I I I just thought it was an all around good episode. Again, an homage to kind of Day of the Dead was was nice as well. So yeah, four for me. But. What did our Facebook group say about this week's episode, Mr. Dietz? We have a few uh, comments from some regulars. Um, we have the, uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group, if you'd like to join. Uh, I hear Facebook is very popular with the young people, with the with the Xennials, or um, what is the new group I heard about? The uh, Gen- Zoomers, man. The Gen Zoomers. Z. Gen Z. Yeah, Zoomers, Gen Z, right? It's very popular with that, and you can find our, our little group there. Uh, we follow um, we follow a lot of Walking Dead news through there. We also, um, when Aaron is uh, doing his reviews of uh, the Walking Dead Parent Show, those are posted there, so you can read those in-depth reviews. And as always, we ask you, the listeners, to chime in with your reviews and your Toby ratings. As always, begin this week with Dre Irvin, five Tobys! Exclamation point. Uh, this episode was beautiful and heartbreaking with plenty of awesome Walker kills. Yeah, good one. Uh, Kevin Barry, a 4.5 RC Racers out of 5. I really enjoyed this episode and the story that's being told these past two episodes. I really liked the mall setting and the Morgan Grace-focused episode after the ensemble episode last week. Mark Richards, 4 out of 5 rising escalator zombies rising up. Oh, there's a reverse button. Down you go. <laughs> LOL. Uh, Johnny Store, five out of five. Wow, cool. I like this one, guys. Love them all and zombie for reasons you guys probably said already. Yes, we did, sir. Uh, nice episode. And uh, Robert Nigro wrote in with a 4.5 because nothing can be perfect out of five. Hmm. This is what I loved about the first couple seasons of The Parent Show. Really good interpersonal character interactions on this show lately. I thought of the end of the Bridges of Madison County, heaven help me, <laughs> during the scene at the end where Morgan leaves in the pickup truck. Otherwise, they're in enough danger, and we are a tightly bound unit that cares for and protects each other. Yet, yeah, we also had Crazy Dirt Lady, and now Logan. <laughs> Why does this franchise that someone said on the last podcast episode always have to have some big bad villain after another? I get that it's a feudal society, which is humanity's default, I think. Whenever technology is minimal and food and shelter have to be physically worked for and diligently guarded. But in a TV show, that's getting tedious as a repetitive storyline. That's my only complaint about Fear of the Walking Dead after the Dharma reboots. And as a, and as a side note, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington just got a Facebook account. He is not gone. He should be chiming in soon. He's a couple weeks behind. All, but, is, all is well. Welcome back to the marathoner. Right. Well, excellent. Thanks, everyone, for your continued participation on the Facebook page and your Toby ratings. When the main show comes back, it will be back to our Buster ratings. Uh, and I imagine as as, po- as people fall back into the main show, that'll we'll have a rise again, as we typically do. So thanks, thanks everyone, for listening. Um, if you want to find more of me, just... Stay tuned to this very network, hhwlod.com. Um, Mr. Taylor was not, did end up making it uh, this week, but head on over to taylornetworkofpodcast.com. No, uh, I, don't do it. If he can't make it, forget him. Screw him. Yeah. Uh, Jim, 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 you're on that network. 
Oh, and then and, and, never mind. Go there. <laughs> Check out Gotham by Geeks. Uh, it's a fun Batman-centered pod, uh, podcast we do. We just did an episode on the 30th anniversary of the Tim Burton 1989 Batman movie, which was a lot of fun to talk it's about. It's a that. great episode. I listened yeah. to it. Are you uh, guys going to cover Pennyworth? Uh, good question. Oh, yeah, uh, I thought I, that was already in the cards. So I wouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. I, I I haven't started watching yet. I have. Funny enough, it was what is it? Epics. It's on Epics. Yeah, I think Daryl's the only Epics. one I know who has. It. Oh, you have it too. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's anyway. I think it's one of those like sign up for cable package, get it kind of thing. Like I don't. I didn't. I'm right. not intentionally paying for Epics, but I yeah. have Epics. So yeah, I, I don't have Epics. However, that works. <clears throat> um. So yeah, I imagine at some point we'll talk about it when Titans is getting ready to gear back up. Yep. So, Rich, where can folks hear and see and find you on the internets? Right here on this podcast, HHWLOD.com. Also on the Taylor Network when we do DC-related podcast stuff, um, which soon we should be covering a couple of things. Um, and then on the socials at ChubToad01. Cool. And Jim? Well, you can uh, check me out at Nothing's On with uh, Daryl and Donnie on a weekly basis from the Taylor Network, Network of Podcasts.com. Uh, you can also check out our D&D podcast at Old Magic Gaming on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud if you like the D&D uh, real play podcasts. Uh, this would be one for you. Really interesting characters, really interesting play going on over there. And if you have ever wanted to use my golden voice for voiceover work or anything like that, I am now available on Fiverr at JimDeeds840 on Fiverr. It's a J-I-M-D-I-E, T is in Thomas, Z is in Zoo, 840. So are uh, you increasing your fee to do this podcast, $5 an episode? We're going to have to talk about that after the we're off the air, buddy. <sighs> anyway. Now, and, and that'll, we raise you up from, that'll raise you up to $5 an episode. And uh, we also have a very cool episode, or a very cool new podcast in the works coming up that uh, will be something totally different. It's never been done before on Taylor Network or HHWLD. Uh, so keeping your out for our secret project coming out soon. Cool. Is that the one with the clowns? No. Close. Oh. No. All right. <clears throat> Thanks, everyone, for listening uh, once again. Uh, and we will be here next week. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, are you an asshole? I don't know. Yeah. Is there? I yeah. don't know. Is there a Cinnabon here? <laughs> <laughs> that will determine whether I am an asshole. There's no Cinnabon, but there is a Sin City. Okay. Is there, is there a chess king? <laughs> Casual male. <laughs> <laughs>